Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Welcome to Holy Smokes Catholic Review, your weekly dose of good cigars and the good news. This podcast is brought to you by St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Incensing the temple today, Father Scott Mansfield, pastor and former rock radio DJ, Tony Willemitis, the guy who knows everything, and Will Tapia, the guy who thinks he knows everything. Now, here's your host, Father Scott. It is Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Father Scott, along with Tony Willemitis and William Tapia, who is not, here, not here yet. He's on his way. There's just an empty spot over there by his microphone. Now, you know why that is? Because he, he went, got a new job. No. <laughs> no. He's he, still uh, working at Frank's Furters. He went to Mass uh-huh. in honor of St. Paul and St. Oh, Peter. Oh, St. Peter, yeah. St. Peter and Paul. Oh, is that why? Is that was his excuse? Yeah, he went to was the Newman he went, Center. He went to Mass at the Newman Center because he lives downtown, kind of closer to the Newman Center. So he decided to go to Mass and then come up and meet us. Uh-huh. Well, that's all very grand. Well, good for him. Of course, Mass was at 5 o'clock. And it's now 7.45. Yeah, it's seven, no, it's 7.30. Oh, 7.22. Almost 7.30. Maybe he had to eat and, and let the imaginary dog out. And then and maybe like he has to dodge protesters. Are there protesters still down there? I don't know. I'm guessing not. I Hoping not. I think I, things I, have died I down have a bit. Not, I have not heard. Well, you know. Has anybody, the, have anybody, has anybody come to this property seeking to topple any statues? No. Okay, that's good. No. No marauders? Oh, by the way, speaking of marauders, I need to correct myself a couple of podcasts ago when I were talking about St. Clair, Mm -hmm. who came out of her monastery holding Mm -hmm. the Eucharist to chase off marauders. Those marauders were the Saracens. Oh, and it was St. Clair. Yeah, St. Clair, uh-huh, of the um, poor Clares. Because I I heard that. Didn't Catherine do something similar? Of Siena? Yeah, hold up the Eucharist. Um, to yeah, probably. Scare I don't, people off. Common. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> not sure. Was it? Is that what that happens? Is it scares them off? Well, the I enemy. Guess it, I guess it would. Yeah, scares the enemy. The well, scares of the, enemy. the devil. That's for sure. Yeah, he flees from um, the Lord. Well, um, it's very possible. Yeah, I was. But my reference was for Saint Clair and and how she because there's pictures of her standing like on the front porch of the monastery of the convent that she lived in and chasing away the marauders, the Saracens, and not the Visigoths. The Visigoths were much earlier in history, and I think they were Germanic. The Saracens actually were Turks, so I think they might have been Muslims. Now, did somebody did somebody hear the podcast and correct you? Is that what happened? No, but I got to thinking about it, and because um, it was something that I was, I had to Google it after I after I finished the podcast, because I hate being, you know, this is my MO uh, with a lot of things, let alone, um, well, these kinds of issues, but like even just vocabulary words, when I come across a word that I don't know, or I'm not sure if I'm using it right, I'll be obsessive about finding out. And this is why I've actually been able to, you know, build my vocabulary a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great method. And I, someone must've taught me that method. I didn't come up with it on my own, but so uh, that I'm just kind of obsessive about things that I'm not certain about. I want to know as soon as possible what the truth of it is so that I can remember it. Right. And then, and then be able to, to not have to worry about it in the future, whether or not I'm speaking correctly. No, I'm the same way. If I use a word, then I'm not sure I used it right. You're right. You go and you research it and right. then you know, right? Yeah, totally. If I can remember to do it, yeah, I'll always follow up the next ch- chance I get. I'll like look it up just to make sure I know what the definition of that word is. Or I'll, if I don't know exactly uh, how the word is supposed to be used, I'll, I'll wait. I won't use it until I find out exactly what it means just to make sure I don't come off sounding stupid. Well, sometimes you're in a group of people and somebody will say a word and you don't know what it means, but you nod your head like you do know what it means. Yeah. And later on, you have to go research the word right. yeah. in order to realize or to know what the guy was talking about. Right. And you're like, yeah, you put it in your head you and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to go figure out that word, you know, mm-hmm. supercilious. What exactly does that mean? You're super silly. <laughs> what is supercilious? I don't even know. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it is a word. I, I, I learned it at one point. Um, you know what my favorite word is ubiquitous. Ubiquitous is another great word, and it it was actually a word. It just that was another one that came to my mind because I had to look that one up about a year ago, um, just to refresh my memory. You know, we probably learned all these words in in grade school and like middle mm-hmm. school during our spelling tests. Um, but uh, supercilious, uh, I even have to look up right now. For instance, mm-hmm. um, so. Are you, you know, you know, it's it's good uh, to do these kinds of things because it's one of the ways I learn behaving or looking as though one look thinks one is superior to others. Supercilious. So when you when you act arrogantly, let me. Yeah. When you act arrogantly, so you're supercilious. Super, so when when I have somebody like, say, you or William, <laughs> we, you know, acting like all high and mighty, I knew that. I can say you're being supercilious. That's right. Stop being so supercilious. You super silly, and then, super silliest man. So we'll, we'll throw that out at Will, and then you know what? Later on tonight when he's home, he'll look it up. Yeah, that's great. That's a good idea. We'll see if he can catch it because I can guarantee you right, right now if he was here, he'd be like, oh, like you, Tony. That's what he would be saying. I yeah. guarantee you. Like he'll, he'll respond like he knows what it means. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so unless he's around the corner listening to our conversation. <laughs> okay, don't forget the word, though. Sometimes you want to use the word, but you can't even remember the yeah. word. No, I'll remember it. So I'll do that in sermons. Will I have a, a, a word that I learned? Yeah. 
It's very impressive sounding, and then when I get ready to use it, I can't even remember it. Uh, that happens. Yeah. Hey, I do have a, uh, I have a quiz today. I'll wait till William gets here. It's yeah, a, good an idea. And you know, it's a, it's a TV quiz, because now that we're in quarantine, we're watching a lot of TV. Yeah. So well, I a, who, I'm not. TV quiz. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even own a TV. I can't watch TV. Okay, then you're going to lose And the... my computer's broken, so I can't even stream things. You know what I do is I get on my fancy smartphone and uh-huh. I watch uh, videos of like yeah. the news. But you know what? These these are uh, the, the, these are television shows from the good old days. From the good old days that you cool. would know. Excellent. Okay, like Happy Days. Excellent. You know. Yeah, I remember those. I remember the Happy Days. Yeah, those were Happy Days, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Goodness, seems like uh, so long ago. Those happy days. Hey, yeah, uh, but you know what? That was you know, 1968. They weren't happy days. Well, I mean, not there everything. Was, not everything was perfect. Of course, Vietnam. when you're a kid, when you're a kid, though, when you're a kid, you don't pay attention to that, and it just all flies over your head. I really hope that kids are doing the same thing nowadays. Like not caring. Yeah, my heart goes out to all the young people. I really hope that the Lord has given them the grace to just be um, uh, in, not incognizant. Mm-hmm. Incognizant, I think, is the Here, let contraction. Me look, let me look that up. <laughs> Incognizant up. of the things going on around us. I really hope so, because otherwise we're creating a terrible reality for these young people, in my opinion. Everything we, we're telling them is, look out, there's something to be afraid of around every corner. So when you go to school, there's danger at school. When you go outside nowadays, there's danger outside or at the store or when you're around other people because of the pandemic. When you... Um, when you, um, I don't know, depending on your race, there might be dangers involved with that. You know, everything, we're, we're creating them to be like constantly afraid and, and uh, never mind, like the opposite of that, which is like constantly, constantly sensitive, mm-hmm. overly sensitive to being offended or being hurt or whatever. It's just a, a really mixed up uh, thing I think we're, we're teaching them. And everything is politicized. We did this to ourselves. Come on, yeah, you know. Totally. And, and the thing like with the rioters, okay, if you really think about our total population and then the group of rioters, okay, yeah, the protesters are one thing, okay? Right. And if they protest uh, against an injustice, okay. But the group that are doing the the burning down of buildings, flipping over cars, throwing Molotov cocktails, you know, terrorizing neighborhoods. That's really a small group. It is. But the media, boom, blows it all, yeah. blows it all up, just like they're doing, I believe. Okay, like with the pandemic, right? The numbers are going up in Texas and Florida and Arizona, okay. Mm-hmm. But the number of deaths are going down. Right. Does the media tell you that part of it? No. No. Of course not. And they want it to be, you know, because, hey, there's this election coming up. It sells papers. It uh, is an uh, opportunity to advance your political agenda and then and then ultimately your ideological agenda, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously ideological agenda built into the mainstream media outlets. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the way it is. And, I mean, I'm sure it's built into even a lot of private outlets, too. So I'm not sure how many people are immune from it. Um, you just wish that they could be like the good old days, speaking of. When you watch the news and um, they just reported on the facts, they didn't like put all this like opinion and telling you what you ought to believe and yeah, so forth. It's like we well, just, I just want the facts, ma'am. You and I grew up with uh, Walter Cronkite and mm-hmm. uh, John Chancellor, right? Mm-hmm. David Brinkley and all these guys, right? Absolutely. They just gave you the news. There was no opinion, right? No, so, they just covered the important headlines. Yeah, they didn't have uh, Don Lemon. They didn't have Tucker Carlson, yeah. right? So. 
Yeah. Uh, they had like Sunday morning shows they had for that. You know, it was on Sunday yeah. morning, right? So it's true. Yeah. But, like the, uh, the face the nation and, and those commentaries. Right, and if you wanted the opinion, you had to go to the newspaper, right? Or uh-huh. the magazines, right? So go to the opinion page. Right. That's what the opinion page is for, bro. Yeah. So, hey, you know where this isn't isn't happening? And I just discovered this weekend is I went out to uh, Silver City, New Mexico, where there's a traditional monastery mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. Those guys, mm-hmm. they don't care about any of this. They don't even know. <laughs> they 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 they're like, yeah, this this is going on out there, huh? I was like, yeah, more than you know, brother. And uh, but they like their world is contained like mon- monasteries traditionally are are contained under themselves, right? So what's news for them is, well, there's a, there's a forest fire, you know, that they can see from their monastery. That's headline news for mm-hmm. them. Or the milk that they, they, they didn't get as much milk from the cow that, as they did the day before. Yeah. That's, that's headline news. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely, mm-hmm. I mean, two days of just getting away and being in that monastic world taught me everything I needed to know about perspective. How many monks? 30 monks. And no, no COVID, right? No. Yep. Nope. Nope. They're all, of course, they're all young. And I mean, they're in the 20s and 30s. And I mean, you would, by looking at the situation, if you didn't know any better, if you just looked at, observed it, you would say, wow, this is like stepping back in time to like the middle ages or something. Like these dudes are doing the real deal. It's Benedictine, you know, and they've built everything by hand and all their architecture is patterned after old, I would say like Italian style um, buildings and, and it's just phenomenal that it even exists, you know, in the hillsides of uh, Silver City, New Mexico. But um, they were saying that several of them had gotten sick, like around January, like so many of us have talked about. They got, you know, some of them got pretty sick in January, got over it, and they're all, you know, okay. And they think that that's, you know, they probably suffered it, endured it, got over it. And I now, think there were a lot of people who had this way back, going back to December. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. They're saying some people are are suggesting that maybe as many as 20 million have, well, how many, have already had it. How many people do you know who you talk to say, man, back in January, the worst cold I ever had? All the time. All the time. You yeah. know, so couldn't breathe, yeah. man. I was hurting. and All yeah. the time. And now they say that now. So that's good news, I think, potentially for like what they're suggesting is going to be a return uh, of the virus. And and, um, and we'll see. I guess, you know, this is my program for staying healthy, no matter what is going on in the world. It's um, just trying to maintain physical health. That's the best thing you could do for immunity, well, you know, is just eat well, diet, exercise, you know, and don't, you know, get good sleep and just stay healthy. And then part of your healthiness also comes from a good attitude. And our, our attitude is positively affected by a good spiritual life. This is why I smoke cigars. Exactly. You know. Oh, by the way, you know, vitamin C and vitamin D, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, get out in the get, sunshine. You gotta get that vitamin D in you. Get out in the sunshine or take some supplements, go play some golf. Mm-hmm. You know? Which I will be doing on Wednesday. Nice. So you kinda looked golfy today. I was wondering well, if maybe No, I just You looked you I, just felt I like I got a, out of my blacks and you're put in a, these <laughs> on, you know. You're in a golf mood. Trying nice. out some new golf duds Comfy. so you can Outfit. Look good out on the golf course. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was beautiful, man. Um, what a great couple of days. A long trip. It's four and a half hours one way mm-hmm. down there. But you drive through the Gila National Forest, mm-hmm. really beautiful territory. And, yeah, there's some things on fire out there. 
but um, currently it looks like everything is kind of under control. Well, it's um, summer in the Southwest. There's always something on fire. Yeah, absolutely. During the summer months in the Southwest. What a great, I mean, what an, like a very interesting conversation, by the way. And we don't, we won't need to do it here. Although anything that smokes seems like it should be relevant. Um, you know, there's this conversation about wildfires and whether they're a natural disaster or whether they're just part of natural design, you know, um, well, because natural, we've developed, I don't know how long it's been that we've been fighting it, forest fires. It's, it's natural design. It's not, we've, again, we've turned it into a disaster by not allowing, we've, we've, we've allowed, we don't allow the, the people to go in and clean out the forest. Okay. Right. Then and then we put them out too quick, so all the the, the there's just too much vegetation growing. If you right. just let nature do its thing, it'll take care of the forest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would think. So I now mean, we put out the fires. Now. Now that now, hold on, we put out the fires. So now there's too many trees growing too close to each other. Yep. And then we do not allow humans to go into the forest to clean it out. Yep. To clean out all the dead wood. So let people go in and take all the firewood they want. Okay. Right. But we yep. don't do that because, you know, we don't want people trampling the forest. Well, so now there's a, a lightning strike, poof, and the trees are so close to each other that they catch each other on fire. And now you have a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I would Something agree. that should be, uh, what did you say? The first thing, natural. Natural. It's, it's the selection. Natural desi- uh, design. design. Natural right. design. Yeah. Right. Something that should be natural design becomes a disaster when we mm. kind of meddle with it the wrong way. And it's just about, I think it's about maybe um, not paying attention to a biblical approach to life of man on earth, you know? Um, well, there's, it all has to be. So, I mean, if you just read Genesis, you get, I think you, you come away with two notions. Um, the notion of man is superior to creation, the rest of creation. Right. But man has a great responsibility to be a good steward That's of right. that creation. So those two concepts are key. I think to understanding our life on earth, we have the, God gave us the ability to, to subdue mm-hmm. parts of the earth for our own good, mm-hmm. our own benefit. But we, but at the same time, also he requires that we be good stewards of the earth. You right. Know? And when he said, uh, subdue the earth, uh, you know, have dominion over all the creation doesn't mean we use and abuse. Right. It means we have to be good stewards of. Yeah. Right. And yeah. conservation. See, I don't like that whole thing about, uh, environmentalism. I like con, con, uh, conservationism. Conservationism. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's appropriate um, because, he, you know, St. Francis taught us this in his um, theology. He wrote that poem, Brother, Sister Moon, Brother, Son, Sister Moon. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, you know, some people think he's like going after like some kind of a hippie ethic. But really, he, what he's just saying is that God created all things. Therefore, we should respect them because God created them, right? So our, our, the amount of respect we have for God should be reflected in the amount of respect we have for that which he created, including ourselves and one another. Mm-hmm. You know, and then this goes all the way back to what we were talking about last week. Just, you know, understand that God is almighty. Everything God created is good. Therefore, we ought to have an appropriate, respectful approach toward everything God created. Humans animals, plants, the earth, you name it. Like, and it's not about, and like you said, it's not about environmentalism and all that goofy because what environmentalism does and the way, the reason it gets off course is it takes God out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Same thing has been happening with the world of law. 
the world of government, the world of you name it. Like every time you take God out of that equation, you end up with mankind just bumbling efforts, you know? Right. And exactly. And uh, I mentioned earlier about, you know, how we brought this, all the stuff we see going on, we brought it upon ourselves now, right? Of course. Okay. And, um, you know, it all starts because go through the Old Testament. Anytime the people, as a people, remove God. Okay. And I, I brought this up weeks ago, how... You know, with the beginning of this pandemic, I'm like, and everybody's freaking out. I'm like, this is kind of like the story of the building of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, and what is that story? A a people attempting self-autonomy, you know, apart from God. And so God looked down and said, let's throw them into confusion, you know. So, um, you know, uh, we do this. And throughout the Old Testament, you read how, you know, one, you know, one generation after the other, whenever they remove God, Okay, and and they follow other gods or they rely on themselves, then disaster strikes. And you know what? You know, you know, when we started as a in the United States and and as a Western civilization, when we started removing God, when we kicked him out of the bedroom with contraception Mm. and we say, you have nothing to do with this marriage, with our marital act, with this family. Well, because you you've just eliminated the source of life. Right. While you're while you're participating in an act that produces life and is supposed to produce life and has mm-hmm. the goal and end of life. Right. Then, and you should always in, include the source of life. Like they just, it's an easy, logical. Well, once you kick them out of your family in the sexual act, then the rest is easy. You can get them out of your yep. government. You can get them out yep. of your schools. You can get them, gee, even out of some churches. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, hey. ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Well, boys, William. I totally agree. I totally agree with you guys look there. At, I was going to jump at, in mid-conversation. I didn't know how long I needed to sit here and uh, and be quiet, but I've been here for a while, guys. You haven't been here you, this uh, long. You're acting oh, super noticed, silly. You're I, acting I've been here for at least 15 solid minutes just sitting in silence waiting to be acknowledged. That's very supercilious of you. It is. Uh, it really is. By the way. Super what? <laughs> supercilious. You don't know what that means? Oh. Yeah, I mean, of course I know what it means. I know everything, Tony. Come on, dude. <laughs> just like you said. I know everything. I just, I, just, I of course I know it's super silly. It's it means you're being arrogant and big-headed and haughty. I knew that. I knew you that. You did know that. You did not. I knew that. Yeah. Will, where have you been, man? And you've been well, here for I've, two minutes. Two minutes. I've been, I've been all over, Tony. I uh, just got back from a foot pilgrimage of the Holy Land. Nice. Um, yep, pretty amazing there. How'd that so. go? It went good. It went well. The, the navigating the oceans were a little tricky. But Did you run into any Saracens? Um, yes. Yeah. In fact. Good. In fact. Yeah. Um, we actually never run. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. No. It was. It was. Yeah. No. I don't yeah. know. So I heard yeah, you. Went, no. I heard you. Yeah. Went, no. Yeah. It's like. It's like. It's like. It's like. What do. I, what do I say? It's I like, heard oh, you went to quarantine uh, is hard. Feast day mass. Today. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's I went. one of the reasons why you were delayed. Correct. Father well, and also, seven thirty is also like the time that's that I the can. limit that's that is the, the limit, limit to being here and yeah. father scott calls me literally every monday and goes hey bro can you be here at like six dude maybe like six I'm like what what do you think is going to change from one week to the next you think magically one extra hour is going to appear in my day that i'll be able maybe to be here at six maybe you'll be like camp, <laughs> so, camping out on the front lawn or something so, and you'll be immediately so available. the answer to your question is yes i went to mass tonight good but no is this out of the ordinary no <laughs> hey father de palma yeah uh-huh how is he? Good. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people at mass? No, uh, there was not 
Um, probably a little bit lighter than a normal daily mass. It's over a great there, feast day, by the way. It was a great feast day. It's uh, a very important feast day for Catholics. Solemnity um, of Saints Peter and Paul. Absolutely, because you know uh, they're uh, the two um, apostles of Rome, and they gave their lives. Uh, for the faith, they shed their blood, and it's their blood that established the Roman Catholic Church, we might say. Mm-hmm. Really? Please explain a little bit on that. Well, in, insofar as... Sounds very beautiful and poetic. Well, I'm just suggesting that, you know, like Tertullian said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed seedbed of the church. And right. so when these two men, Peter and Paul, found themselves in Rome, imprisoned together at one point, in fact over at the Mamertine prison in, in uh, Rome, I think it was on the, basically the west side. Um, they, uh, under Nero, right, were uh, the leaders of, they were co-leaders of the Christian community in the first century, around 65 AD, more or less, and, um, and then brought up on charges, trumped up charges, you know, um, toward Christians from Emperor Nero. And, um, and then it all ultimately martyred. But it's, it was their leadership of the Christian community in Rome, and it was their, their blood spilt on the, the, the dirt of Rome that established this place, Rome, as the center of our Roman Catholic Church. Now, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately of the Catholic Church in general. Now, of course, also because Peter was going to be the first pope, right? He was the first pope, and uh, he, wa- he died in Rome. And so that being the last location that he ever saw, then the next pope would obviously um, take his place in Rome because he was the bishop of Rome, the first pope, and then his successor, um, Linus. Linus. Then would also be in Rome. And you can actually, um, he's, Linus is also, so Peter's buried in Rome, as is Paul. And then uh, near Peter's tomb, um, under the St. Peter's Basilica, named for him, uh, where Peter was buried, there's also the first few popes are also buried kind of around him. So Linus, Cletus, Clement, and I think Sixtus, maybe. Sixtus, yeah. Sixtus no, was no. either there or Sixtus might be in one of the catacombs across town. Yeah, remember. and Paul, of course, was beheaded. And now, then Paul now, was beheaded in the other side of town, and he has his own basilica and his own tomb. Right. Now, please explain to our listeners how it is that the, uh, the upside down cross on the back of the chair of Peter. Uh, yeah. It's not really a satanic symbol. No, you're right. It's actually a symbol of the Illuminati, of which the Pope <laughs> is clearly the head. <laughs> of course, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead, Tony. No, take it away. so Peter ends up, um, I mean, the, the, the short form of the story, because I know how you guys feel about my long stories, but the, short form, the, f- the no. short form of the story is that <laughs> Peter is, is uh, taken from the prison, brought over to the... Um, the circus of Nero. Mm-hmm. So a circus in those days just meant, um, it comes with the word for circle. So circus, uh, think circle, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why at, a, actually, at like an American circus, you have these, these um, circles, right? Right. The, where they perform all their acts. So, but in those days, the circle was more of an oblong uh, racetrack and it's where they hosted all kinds of events for the public to view. So the circus of Nero is over by where the St. Peter's Basilica is now. And uh, in that circus in the first century, St. Peter's, of course, was not there. None of that was there. But there was a cemetery where that all was. Well, anyway, so Peter is dragged down there with other Christians, and he is uh, ceremoniously killed in front of spectators as a a move of the Emperor Nero to show what happens when you do things that he doesn't like. So he didn't like 
Christians. He claimed that they were, um, you know, the same in the same way that kind of like some some uh, some accusations were lobbed at Jesus even at his time. Um, they were claimed to be uh, rebel rousers, and and they they actually professed a god who was not the emperor, right? Because the emperors thought themselves gods, mm-hmm. and so they would never like they would never acquiesce to the idea that an emperor was god because they believed in God Almighty. So anyway, Peter, the leader of this band, was taken uh, by the emperor, and and um, the emperor thought, well, if I just cut off this group at the head what he thought was the head because we know we have a different head Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. but he thought he was going to kill Peter and get rid of the Christians because then the Christians would have to disband and not be able to follow you know their leader well um, he drags Peter down there and he is going to have him crucified because it was very common for Romans to crucify their victims and at the moment of his crucifixion Peter says wait 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 do not crucify me upright in the same way that my Lord was crucified but rather crucify me upside down because I don't deserve to be crucified in the same manner as Jesus Christ. And so they, um, they figured, well, that would probably be just as terrible. So we'll go ahead and grant you your request. And they turned the cross upside down and crucified him that way. So forever since then, the upside down cross um, in the Christian religion, in the Catholic religion, has been a symbol of Peter's humility. Yeah, His so- ultimate humility at death. Remember, this is the same man that was very flawed and just like the rest of us had his good days and bad days. He was the one in the Garden of Gethsemane slicing off the the ear of the servant of the high priest when they came to arrest Jesus. And Jesus had to tell him, you know, put your sword away. Um, and uh, he was also the one that re- that rejected Jesus three times, you know, before the cock crowed. And uh, so there's this is very like, you know, it was like this great ability for Peter to one last word here on earth to do something that glorified his savior. Right. So it's not the upside down cross in, in, as it is on the back of a chair in, in uh, St. I think it's uh, what St. John's uh, St. John Lateran, right? Is that, that's, is where that the, true? that's where the Pope's chair is. Yeah. yeah. So, so mm-hmm. it, it's not a symbol or a sign of no, the antichrist. It, you can actually see the upside down cross in St. Peter's <clears throat> Basilica. There's a number of different places that, that you can see it used. In fact, the Paschal candle here at St. John Vianney had an upside down cross on it last year. Yeah. I think it was last year. It year, was last year. Last year it had an upside down years. cross on it. And I remember some people asking me about it and I had to explain to them what that mm-hmm. referred to. It refers yeah, to Peter not, not and the, his Not martyrdom. the antichrist. Right. No. Now some Satanists, you know, have taken that symbol and, you know, pretended like they, you know, co-opted it for themselves yeah. and, you know, are acting as if it were like a mockery of the cross well, see, of Jesus. See, I got to, and, and there's one more thing too. Okay. So I guess there's a song they sing. I don't know what the hymn is, but they sing it often at, at the Vatican. Okay. Or St. Peter's like on big occasions, the word Lucifer appears. It's in. the Easter vigil. It's the exalted. I was telling you about that. Okay. Cause, it, cause in the exalted, right? It's rejoice. O blessed light rejoice. O bearer of the dawn is what we use. And the translation for bearer of the dawn is light bearer, right? Lucifere. So Luce right. is light. Fere is bringer. Like mm-hmm. Christopher, Christofere is Christ bringer. So if your name is Christopher, your name means Christ bringer. What do we call the person who brings the cross at mass? Crucifer. Crucifer. It's the cross for bringer of the bringer of the cross. Right. So, yeah. So 
and there's all these wacky conspiracies well, about all this stuff. But the truth is, is that, you know, I mean, these things were, were, were part of Catholic tradition and Catholic history centuries and eons and really, truly millennia before any of these weirdos back in the 60s decided to go slap an upside down cross on an album cover. Right. Like we've been doing this for 2000 years. All this stuff is, is in, the, in a blink of an eye, modern inventions, and they have no basis, um, you know, in, in our in our faith and our tradition. And so don't let that kind of stuff scandalize you. Even the all seeing eye, you know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's like, oh, it's a Freemasonic symbol. Sure. The Freemasons could have adopted it in the last 200 years. But guess who's used that symbol for the past 2000 years to represent God, the father who has no created being who, who really, I mean, we can depict him right as a bearded man and everything sitting up in heaven on a cloud that's what we like to do in the roman church the byzantines like to depict him just as a hand reaching out from the clouds because god it's like how can you draw the face of a of an eternal being right and in some cases a lot of times they use an an eye as the all-seeing eye that god the father is everywhere he sees everything you know we have an all-seeing eye above the cathedral inside a pyramid yeah Mm-hmm. Pyramid well, once again symbolizing the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Nothing to do with the Freemasons. Well, see, because I got accosted by this lady and uh, fallen away Catholic who now yeah. goes to either Calvary or Sagebrush or Oasis of Love Chapel. I don't know where, but she accosted me and and all about because of that song, they were mm-hmm. singing to Satan at at the Vatican. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I listened, um, and and so I had to. I went on, you know, the I went on YouTube and whatever right. and listened and. And then I did a little research, sir. It's a, of course Lucifer. And by the way, Lucifer is not Satan's name. It was, but yeah. he lost that title. That's right. Okay. Look, it's like getting if you're a general, and let's say you get in some big scandal as a general, they strip you of your rank. Satan has been stripped of his rank. He is no longer Lucifer. He is Satan, the accuser. It's interesting. Some people, you know, still refer to him that way. Um, but it is interesting to think that maybe um, he lost that name with his fall from heaven Mm -hmm. in the same way. So it was like a reversal of what happens when our names change, when we, um, advance in grace, Mm -hmm. like when, when we advance in the, in the Christian life, like when we take Mm -hmm. a name, a saint name at uh, Uh confirmation, for instance, or baptism or religious orders or whatever. And, and angels names, uh, connote like it's a, it's a, their, their mission, right? It's not, it's more than just a name. Totally. Yeah. It, well, and, and and like you say, right? So it's 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 it is it's a title, right? So we hear in the book of Tobit, Raphael, Rafa is to heal. El is God. It is the is a, a title a name that the Israelites use for God. So Raphael means the healer of God. Michael, Saint Michael the Archangel, Mikael, who is like El, God, mm-hmm. who is like God, and it's a question, not a statement, right? So so these things give us more of an idea of who they are, but you're right, Father Scott, it's not, it's not the name. It's not, you know, and, and names are so material, right? There's, there's power in names. You think of names kind of like speaking a little bit to our humanity, but these are, are insofar as, you know, we hear in the scriptures too, you know, talking about these other like forebearers of the Messiah, these other messiahs, these small messiahs, right? They're not Jesus Christ, but like they're forebearers, right? And so, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to fall too far down that down that uh, rabbit hole. But I wanted to say something real quick about the feast day of Saints Peter and Paul before we move off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a quiz today during the homily. Okay, if this if this cuts into the quiz, you can drop it. But um, yeah, so Father De Palma was saying in the homily today that uh, so today it's interesting, Jul- June 29th, because this isn't the day 
traditionally held that Peter and Paul died, right? So we have like the chair of St. Peter. He has his feast day. Paul has the beheading of St. Paul, I think in January. Um, so this isn't the day that they died, but this is the day their bodies were moved back to Rome, right? Together, Saints Peter and Paul. And, um, you know, speaking to just a little bit about their, their martyrdom too, you know, we talked about Peter's symbol of martyrdom being the upside down cross. What is St. Paul always holding in his hand? Sword. The sword. Because as you said, Tony, he was beheaded. He yep. was beheaded outside the walls of Rome, as was his dignity as a Roman citizen. That was one of the laws of Rome. So he, he wasn't a Jew, so he didn't have to be crucified. He could have been beheaded. And so uh, I want to just mention real quick this really beautiful, incredible hymn. I've referenced this app before on the podcast, but if you have not downloaded iBrevery yet, you should go do it. Go download iBrevery, pause this podcast, go download iBrevery um, on your phone. It has uh, amazing Liturgy of the the Hours, Um, but the hymn for Vespers today was incredible. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. But just one, uh, one particular paragraph um, it says, quote, Rome favored city. Your soil had the privilege of being purpled by such leaders martyrdom, not for your merits before their great fortitude. You can claim beauty passing all in excellence. So I, I just loved personally that reflection of Rome and how really, and, and Tony, again, you said it, that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church and how this, the, the spilling of their blood, how, how Rome, instead of, uh, you know, even like as Jerusalem, right? Where such a horrible thing happened, this horrible murder happened. And you think about that in a really human way, but just how, how amazingly the blood is able to sanctify the soil and lift it up out of its paganism and darkness. So I was just really struck by that. Um, and uh, anyway, that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. I'm touched. I'm, I'm Vic Klemp. I know. I'm you're tearing up. Crying again. Up. I think he, he cried too much on this podcast, Padre. Okay, well, thank you for that. That's yeah. very nice. Okay, and happy feast day, okay, of uh, Peter and Paul. I have a TV quiz. All right. Okay, now we've been in How quarantine. How does that relate to Peter and Paul? Well, I just had nothing. I mean, I could throw in, uh, you know, maybe their name in here or something. I thought it was related to, because okay. when I was going to go on my tangent, he's like, well, I got a quiz. Right. Okay, yeah. um, That's awesome. name the middle son in the Brady Bunch. Peter. There you go. See? See how There you go. Uh, okay, it's TV quiz. See, we've, okay. been, we've been quarantined and watch a lot of TV. Okay, so Think now, now just, you say, well, because you don't even own a TV. I don't own a TV. I don't watch TV. He just watches the YouTube on his phone all I day. I do. Long. I watch YouTube's. Now, now William's going to say I'm too young for these shows, but these shows are shown over and over again. I don't. I know. mean, they show these shows. Okay. That's over. true. They do like on Nickelodeon and they I don't have reruns. cable though. Me so. TV, TV Land, yeah. all these. Sh- well, it'd be interesting to see channels. how much of this Will has been exposed to. I have seen the Brady Bunch, but all I know is Marsha. Of course, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The uh, cute blonde, you would, uh, yeah. I'm just saying. Right. All I know is Marsha. That's all I said. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tony's more of a, uh, you know, Alice, the, the housekeeper. Sort of. <laughs> See, I, I, I get that joke. That's I get lovely. that right. <laughs> okay, I ready? wish that my family had an Alice. Uh, question one. Uh, I'll give you the name of the character. You tell me what show, okay? Okay. Opie. That's the Andy Griffith show. Wow. Nice. Just watch that when I was a kid. Yeah. Number two, Fonzarelli. That's uh, the Fonz. What's the show? It's not Full House. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Days. Happy Days. (laughs) Full House. (laughs) Full House. That's a more modern show. I said it's not Full House. I didn't guess that. I was vocally processing it. There is a difference. Oh, here's an oldie. Ralph Cramden. No idea. No clue. 
Ralph Cram. Dude, there is somebody screaming at their radio right now. Yeah. That's yeah. from this show, yeah. Ralph Cramden. Ralph Cramden, you want a hit? Uh, uh, yeah. Hint? Yeah, give me not a hint. A, not a hit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't give you a hit. Yeah, you can hit him. What are you, you smoking over there? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I can go hit him. That's fine. I won't tell. Hey. I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. Twilight Zone. No. Oh. About the same era. What? What'd Ralph Cramden. Something also, about police? Jackie Gleason. How the, sweet it is. Oh, Honeymooners. The Honeymooners. There yeah. you go. Okay, he is an old, old, oldie, but very popular still. Alfalfa. Oh, that's... Um, the Rascals. Yeah. There you go. Or Our Gang, one of the two. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's a more recent one, somewhat. Hawkeye. Mash. Very good. Okay, Data. Or Data. Star Trek. Oh, really? Or is it the next generation Star Trek? Oh, my goodness. Isn't it all the same? No. It, it's... You know what you, I, it's two different series, bro. You, you know, it's the same series, and you just call it Nerd Trek. Nerd TV. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Okay, ready one? Here's a, here's, a, here's a good one from the 70s. Kid Dynamite. Kid Dynamite. Wow, that's that's not one I've ever heard of. Yeah, I've got nothing, guys. Kid Keep Dynamite. Um, the Justice League. No, Good Times. <laughs> I was off. <laughs> I was off by a mile on that one. Here's a here's a here's one from the uh, Western. Oh, age, Di- kid, that's uh, Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that what they called him, Kid Dynamite? He called himself Kid Dynamite. Oh, because he was always like Dynamite. There you go. Yeah. Was he literally Dynamite? Uh, no. Well, no. He was just cool dude. No, but he was very popular in the seventies. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a cool popular dude. show. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, here's one uh, Western times. Okay, so Festus. Oof. Come on now. Uncle that Festus? Way. That's from... Um, no. No. No, no, I'm not... It's, it's not the Adams Family. It's a... a no, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, right? No. Festus. Deputy Sheriff. Uh, Come on. Are you kidding? Dude, I I'm going to get a bunch of modern know. shows you, and I'm going to like bring them all to, this, this is what you, you were raised with. This One of the most popular Westerns. Bonanza. No. Uh, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Of uh, course. Gunsmoke. Yeah. I never saw an episode of that in my life. I told you these were old. Okay. It's my dad's favorite show, but I haven't watched was it. Really? Yeah. Eddie Haskell. That is... Um, Are you kidding? Eddie uh, Haskell. Eddie Haskell. That's uh, Mayberry. No, uh, Eddie Haskell. Leave it to Beaver. That's what I was going to say is leave it to Beaver. You said Mayberry. Dude, all these shows are 40 years or older. I know, but they're still. But Dude, no, 50 but years father older. His father Look, is showing his age on the But they episode. show these shows over and over again. Yeah, on like Turner Classic Movies. No, no. Me TV. Me TV. I don't have that. Sundance. Don't have that. Uh, Keep uh, going. Oh please! <laughs> no, it's it's. These are in the archives of the library. If you go yeah. and ask for the ancient films, well, you know yeah. what? I don't know new shows because new shows are so bad that they're not worth watching. I'm sorry. I feel like your parents said the same thing about all the shows you're listening. No, off they right now. they they watched them. I'm just with saying. Them. That's all I'm saying. That's how. What? How do you think I watch these with, with them? Okay, Agent Eighty Six. Your final final question. No idea. That one. That Agent Eighty Six is. Um, dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 like dun, 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 Austin Powers, Rap Patrol, Inspector Gadget, Rap Patrol. That's the ninety-nine. Uh, think ninety-nine. Agent eighty-six and Agent ninety-nine. <laughs> James Bond. Silence. James Bond. Are you kidding? Men in Black. No. Mission James Impossible Bond. with it's Tom with, Bond, with Tom Cruise. Get smart. Get smart. Uh, 
Oh my goodness. That's a good that was a good oh. quiz. Wow, that was very It was edu- a great quiz. You guys are just Oh, we should, you should goodness. have given us the questions. We would have quizzed you on them. What okay, show so. is Ray C. Horn in? Um, the Office. Nope. Better Call Saul. Know. I know. Just saying. Oh, Ray C. Oh, see, because I, I, you know what? I got to be honest with you. Oh, okay? here he goes. Here he goes. Watch out. He's going to trash I TV. Lo- no, but I, I lost interest in Better Call Saul. Uh, Norman Reedus. Oh, okay. That's, I'll tell you what. Oh, uh, see. No, I, that's, that's a walking dead. I gave him a bone on that one. I was like... <laughs> Anyway. I okay. I maybe I have to go back and watch Walk. Uh, t- what is it? Talking Sal or what is it? Better call Sal. <laughs> Talking Sal Rosie. <laughs> Father, come here. <laughs> no, but I kind of lost interest in that show. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I can't argue for it on on this program because we're a Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Catholic program. But, but, you, know, were, but you were featured in that. You know. Yeah, you were. You were an actor in that. I was. Show. I was. No, I thought you were Breaking Bad. No, no. Better call Saul season one episode one. Mm-hmm. I am guy who stands up at cafe number four. <laughs> awesome. Uh, they breaking, pay you for that? Breaking Super Silious. I think that's the oh boy. show that you there want. There it is. Wah, wah, there it is. It just came back. Wah, well, okay. So how about uh, that? Was, that's the music <laughs> that goes along place. with those TV shows. Tony, take us somewhere just, else. You're right. Hey, so, okay. So moving right along. Um, mm-hmm. What you guys been smoking lately? Okay. It's cigar review time. Legally. What have you got? <laughs> right. Smoke you wish your girlfriend would. Okay, so uh, I have no review because I've been smoking. Me? No, I've been smoking Padrones. Dude, Sorry. you got to branch out a little bit there, Okay, man. I'm going to branch out. You At least for, for the sake of a review. What's my favorite cigar? What is it? You tell me. Padrone 7000 okay. Maduro. I, I did smoke something different. I smoked the Padrone 2000 Maduro. Okay, there you go. That's all I've got. That's not fair. Nothing good. How about you, Will? Anything? Um, so I dug into one of those Gurky Evils the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. You got you got Delicious. a whole batch of them from Cigar Bid recently. Cigar Bid, yeah. yeah. And what Delicious. was... Delicious. Really? Holy smokes. I actually yeah, brought one tonight, you. too. Or I think maybe I brought it tonight. I can't remember. I have one with me. I might have to try it. Killer. Really, really super killer. Uh, burned really evenly. Um... I didn't really focus too much on the on the flavor profile for the first one. I just really absolutely enjoyed the smoke. Um, it's definitely like a natural, um, you know, not super spicy from what I remember, but not super mild either. I think it had a really robust flavor to it. Um, and, you know, like the last Gurk I smoked, it was a phenomenal burn. Great flavor. Huh. Did not blow up on me. Was rolled perfectly. Was definitely a premium cigar um, for Excellent. the Gurky Evil. That's great. Yeah. And I, last week after the podcast, smoked a, an Alec Bradley Prinsado. And I had actually higher hopes for that cigar, which is why I gave you the extra one that I didn't yep. smoke so that you could give it a whirl. And you traded me out a cigar that you had gotten um, equal value. So I'm excited to try that soon, too. But um, I tried the Alec Bradley Prinsado in a, in a nutshell. It just didn't meet my expectations. Mm. It was a little Robusto cigar. Um, it uh, had a little bit of flavor about midway through the cigar, in my opinion, but didn't really last, didn't really send off any fireworks, wasn't anything I'd probably purchase again. Yeah, but, that makes me sad that you didn't enjoy Well, occasionally, it. you know, not every cigar can be good, and I think that's what makes the, the good cigars even better, right, is, is the fact that not every cigar can be good. In, in personal opinion, of course, a lot of it is just, you know, personal opinion. So Will might smoke the same cigar and think it's great and want to buy a whole pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally wasn't that, uh, wasn't that impressed. So there you go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into it. I have not yet. Um, the staple of last week 
was the uh, that Oliva Protege Connecticut. And that is yeah. a Robusto size, the one that I traded for you. Okay. It's it's. I like really, Oliva products. Oliva dude, it's products. Really solid, man. You can't, it's yeah. Oliva products are right there alongside Padron, in my opinion. Yeah. As far as like quality of their line of cigars, you can't really go wrong. The uh, the Protege. Uh, so it's since it's a Connecticut, it doesn't have. I, I think again, right? Like we've talked about this for for the past couple months, but like you get used to, when you get used to like the the Maduro or even the natural flavors, and you get used to like the really dark leather and cacao and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and, and and you know kind of the nuttiness of it. I think sometimes when you smoke a Connecticut, it can be pretty underwhelming, right? You know, and so you know for me the uh, the Protege is it's like a really solid cigar if i'm if i don't want to dig into my real expensive high-end cigars and you know want to just have like a midday hangout and you know sip some tea on the patio you know what i mean kind of a really basic cigar so it's not it's not a firework for me but um again solid burn cool delicious yeah you know i i gotta be honest i I know it's gonna sound like heresy coming from my mouth but even the the olivas might even be a little bit better than the padrones (gasps) i don't smoke and they're a little more expensive (gasps) I know, right? So, but you know, the ones that I've had, like the Melania V, and those are great. They're amazing cigars, I think. Yeah, they are. It is like, um, it's like really good chocolate and then fine, exquisite chocolate. Dude. You know, I think is maybe the good, Mm -hmm. is it a proper analogy? Or is it a metaphor? Mm, we don't we don't do those anymore. Do we? <laughs> They're honestly though. We don't have the keyboard, so we can't do the yeah. sound effects. It's okay. He'll add oh, them I still later. I still got the sound effect. Oh, okay, but it, it is nuts. So um, I think it was the other day, maybe, um, where we did a, a back-to-back cigar. I think it was the other day with, with you guys. I can't remember. All everything's blended together in quarantine. But um, right, do you have COVID brain? Because that's yeah. a thing, you know. But but it's kind of like. You can really taste if, if you ever have like you know five hours to kill and you're looking to really figure out your palate, you know try a con- t- smoke a small like a robusto size Connecticut and then smoke like a robusto size Maduro and you and you know because I think it's easy when you go straight into a Maduro just think all cigars taste the same but when you have like that really stark break in your palate between the Connecticut to the Maduro you can really start to feel out those flavors. Um, I had the other day I had gotten a gift and so I'd smoke two cigars back to back, which I usually don't do, um, from the Maduro to a Connecticut. And it was like going from a red wine to like a Pilsner. Like it's just that really, that not even the same, not even in the same wine. Yeah. Family. Like it, it honestly tasted totally different. And, and for like the first couple of puffs, it was as gross as you would imagine going wow. from a red wine to a Pilsner. And so again, I think it's all about the development of your own palate and kind of figuring out what tastes good for you. So, you know, if you want, if you want some recommendations, mm-hmm. drop us a line. There you go. Okay. Thank you for that. Gentlemen, uh, we have a, uh, a gospel to get to now. Okay. So uh, this is from the 13th Sunday of Ordinary Time. This is from Matthew. It's 10, 37 through 42. Okay? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Jesus said to his apostles, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward 
And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. There we go. Okay. Well, the Lord kind of lays it all out there, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very stern with his words and kind of gives us this uh, all or nothing kind of um, approach to being one of his disciples. And I've always, I've always thought it was pretty extreme. Um, and, I, and I think that's why this gospel is actually really rich and worth um, uncovering, you know? You know, and by the way, before you continue, when Jesus says, um, you know, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. Whoever finds or seeks for his life will lose it. Mm-hmm. He, he, there's no room for, for, for uh, gray right here. There's no, there's no room for lukewarmness. It's, right. look, either you do this or you don't do it. You know what I mean? It's, it, re, it removes the haphazard. You either jump in the pool or you don't. You can't stick your foot in the pool and say that you're swimming. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be like a lot of half measures. And you see that in the very first part of the gospel um, when he's talking about... Um, Alicia. Well, following... No, in the first part of the gospel. Oh, gospel, sorry. Yeah, so uh, about, uh, you know, I'm sorry. whoever loves father or when mother you, uh, more than me. When you use your NPR voice, Tony, I can't hear you because I'm not wearing headphones. <laughs> right. Oh, really? Sure. When I, was I being too quiet? Well, Hello, like you're uh, on NPR. Welcome to NPR. My <laughs> name is Tony Willemitis. That's basically how it sounds from over here. Awesome. <laughs> well, get some headphones and then you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, right. Okay. Solution. I'll get, you know, 15, I'll get 15 just, foot headphone extenders. Continue. I'm sorry. There's one word that comes to mind. Supercilious. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so um, I don't have the gospel pulled up right now. But anyway, in the first few well, lines, he says, he's talking whoever about... Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Right. And then what else? Will, do you have it right there? Yep. Whoever loses, or whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of yeah. me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find right. it. Right. It's all this like not worthy of me stuff, right? And I think I'm just, I'm curious what you guys would say about why the Lord is so severe in that approach, you know, because like, we don't exactly, that's not exactly the message you hear preached per se from like parishes. Usually the parish is a very welcoming place for people to discover little by little grow in their warmth toward uh, Jesus and their warmth toward the Catholic faith and so forth. It's not like a, hi, nice to meet you, um, sign here on the dotted line or be banished forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't kind of have that. So he's obviously speaking, I don't, I don't know if it's hyperbolically per se, but it is in a very intense way for sure. It's, I mean, it's literal for these guys he's speaking to. I have so, to look up hyperbolic. Please excuse <laughs> me for a moment. <laughs> Go ahead. That's very supercilious of you. But uh, Actually, it's not. But uh, <laughs> so, <true>. uh, <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, the people, the, the apostles he's speaking to who are hearing this, it's not, it's not hyperbolic. It's literal, right? He's being literal with them. And so they're, they're, this is a twofold kind of thing, right? And so, so every single person, again, apart from Judas, but every single person who is hearing him speak to them in this manner is going to literally have to do exactly what he's describing here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the feast day, in the case of St. Peter, yeah. will literally have to take up his cross and follow him. Literally. Yeah. 
you know, in my mind, there's no hyperbole in the first layer of what he's talking about. But then the second layer, how do we apply it to our lives and how is he speaking to us today? Because I think really, I think if it was any less clear as human beings, I think we always try and find in our in our spirituality, in our daily life, in our work, the path of least resistance, right? We're always like, oh, how can we really just kind of skirt by, you know, maybe heaven is so unattainable. I'm just going to shoot for purgatory and just, that's what I'm going to do, right? Like heaven is just so far up there. I can't ever hit that. So we always try and find the path of least resistance. Um, And so here, I think the words of our Lord being as direct and as specific as he is are necessary for the Christian life, right? There is no, as as you're saying, Tony, there's no room for gray area. There's no room for middle ground of, well, you know, I'm going to follow the Lord, but I kind of need to do it on my own terms. I can't, he has all these hard things to say. I'm going to pick and choose what I want to believe from Jesus. Cause like, Oh, I don't think my friends are going to agree with me. I don't think, you know, my spouse, maybe, Maybe it's even my spouse is not going to agree with me. Maybe my kids are not going to agree with me because it's hard. Jesus's teachings, the teachings of the church are hard. So I'm just going to kind of do my own thing and feel my way through this life and kind of create my own image of Jesus. Right. And that's not at all what our Lord is saying is, is again, and we hear this countless times throughout the gospel is the path is narrow. Hmm. The gate is small. It is hard. Hmm. There is suffering. There is no middle ground for weakness. And we have to commit our full lives, right? Christ doesn't want a part of our life. He wants our full life. He wants the whole cookie, not just this little tiny piece that I'm willing to give him. The one hour every single Sunday, I put God in this box and push him off to the side. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or, or maybe take him out at Christmas time or you know um yeah easter or, yeah easter but you know uh, we're very selective right and we we oh i like that commandment i like but that commandment oh i don't like that commandment it just gets in my way of me doing what i want so we we and we water stuff down you know because we don't want to oftentimes speak the truth to people because we don't want to offend them because they may not like us well that's pride man you if you if that's you you're guilty of the sin of pride you know why does why do you think jesus demands so much why wouldn't he, as creator, why wouldn't he look at us with something of a compassion and say, well, those, these sheep, um, you have to, you know, you have to cut them some slack because they're not, um, I mean, they're just sheep. They're not very good yeah, they're at not following. Well, why did he so, call us sheep to yeah. begin with, you know? <laughs> you know? Right. The sheep are not too smart. Right. But I mean, like, what, like, why didn't he just say, do your best to follow after me? And, you know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes because, and probably not be very yeah, strong. Then, and Because then then forget it. That wouldn't have worked. But, you know, I, I, that's something we could discuss and, and we could really bring out. I mean, we really have to think about it because this is a guy who once said to somebody, whoever sticks his hand to a plow and keeps looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Right. So quit looking back. You either you're either in or, you know, you're out. No haphazard. You can't go like one day you're in the next day you're out and then you come back two days later. You're into it again. And now you're out again. You know, get right. it together. You make a decision. Your d- days so what is, of discernment yeah. are over. Make a decision. So, so my, so my question is like, why is he so forceful in this way? Like, especially in this gospel, why, why does he push? What does it benefit us? Obviously, it's not just him being a jerk. <laughs> you know, he's not just <laughs> no, going. I want people to just do what I tell them to do. He's doing it as God for a reason, which must be the, our own benefit. So what do you think the benefit is to us as followers to be demanded to, to give everything? 
So, so why is he asking so much? Is, is, I'm going to boil it down yeah. so I can stick to one piece, otherwise I'll fall down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so why is he asking so much? It's because he gave so much, right? It, I think the story would be profoundly different if God never took on flesh and died for us, right? The whole story of salvation would be profoundly different, right? Maybe we could be like, well, God, I was so detached from you. I really had, you know, I never, I couldn't enter the temple. You know, they sacrificed lambs and goats and all this thing. And I'm just a poor shepherd, right? Like maybe that kind of argument could have been very different. But if it's like, look, the son of God stepped into time, uh, was born of a virgin in the middle of a desert, fled to Egypt because a guy was threatening his life when he was a newborn, came back 30 years later to be persecuted in Jerusalem, uh, to be rejected in his hometown, to be scourged by the Roman uh, governor, finally crucified and died a horrible, shameful death, right? So that's what he gave to us. Out of obedience to his father. Mm -hmm. And so it only makes sense that out of obedience to the father that we follow in that same example. He asks so much because he gave so much. It's not a one way relationship. That's not how relationships work. He demanded it of himself. You know what I mean? He demanded it of himself in the person of Christ. You know, and Jesus gave his all. He didn't, wasn't haphazard. Well, I'm not sure I want to do this today. Uh, right. You know, like he, he's up on the cross going, I don't, I don't know if I'm, well, I don't know. That's exactly what St. Paul's talking about too in the second reading, right? He says, brothers and sisters, are, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death, right? So it's not this whole kind of notion of like, okay, Jesus died in time 2,000 years ago. It's over. He rose from the dead. I get it. It's all over. That was an isolated thing. No, 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 Right? Because we are baptized into his death, because at every single mass, the sacrifice of Calvary is represented to us, right? So this sacrifice is in a way made new again at every single mass, right? Because of that's how much he gave. It's like really in the grand scheme of things, to give our life to Christ, he's really not asking enough, it almost feels like, I think, should be the way the dialogue mm-hmm. is phrased, right? Well, and then he said things like, you know, uh, when, you, when you've done all that you, he gave that parable, when you feel like you've done all that you know you were required to do, don't pat yourself on the back. Consider yourself an un, what was it, un, uh, profit, uh, a profitless steward or something like that, didn't right. he say? What was that? Okay, yes. I want to hear your answer, Tony, to the question. Well, I know I don't have an answer. I was just asking and musing. Um, I'm guessing, I mean, if I had to guess at this time, I mean, I've, I've heard the scripture many times. I've had multiple thoughts about it over the course of the history of my interaction with it. But I would say there must be something purifying to it as well, right? Like he's trying to form our wills to make them resolute, right, through this demand that he makes, Right. It doesn't benefit him. God doesn't benefit. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't. He has everything. He's perfect already. So clearly it must be for our own benefit. And it must the benefit must be to form us, form our wills to make them more resolute. And without a resolute will, then, you know what I mean? You can't make progress. And you'll become, of course, without a resolute will, you'll also become pray to the enemy and to self-destruction and so forth, right? So um, I'm guessing that it's in, in some part anyway, um, his effort to make us resolute um, 
resolute in our wills mm-hmm. to discipline, like to discipline our wills so that when we choose him, we're choosing him completely. And of course, mm-hmm. the benefit of that um, also plays out in our interactions with the world, the witness we can give. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe even we become greater conduits of grace for the benefit of our souls and then also for the benefit of other people's souls. Right. And by the way, in this text, he's not telling us not to love mother or father. Or that was kids. my next. So that was my next question. Is he saying he says here that unless you love him more than those, you can't be his disciple. So um, is well, he saying that we should forego our families, that we should no. forego our spouses, our kids, our parents? Of course not. Why even ask the question? I mean, but, you know, uh, OK, he gave, you know, the two great commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. Yeah. And he said the second is like it. He didn't yep. say it's equal to the first or better or greater than the first. He says it's like it. Love yep. one another, right? So Love your neighbor as yourself. So, so we would still love, completely love our, our uh, families right. and our friends mm-hmm. and so forth. But we just shouldn't love them more than him. And that's maybe helping us to put our, our loves in order. Well, exactly. So, you know, everything has to be in order. Today, we have just disorder. Yeah. So we have to keep things in order, okay, unless everything gets chaotic. So you have uh, God first, right? And then, by the way, you know, the, the love that the Lord calls us to is 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 great, you know. And, you know, it's easy to love mother and father. It's easy to love kids. He's calling us to a much higher standard to love even enemies, which to me is, okay, that's impossible. Uh, And so in order to keep that commandment, we need divine grace, which comes from him and our relationship with him. So if we, if we do not love him, there's no relationship we can't have. So in other words, our, and this something we see, you know, our love is very selective, right? I love you because you love me back. I love you because you can give me something. You make me happy. Right. Or, you know, I have fun with you. Okay, so uh, in order to love, as he calls us to love, and that is to love even enemies, we need grace, which comes from him. But therefore, we have to have a relationship with him to be in love with him. And how does that happen? By way of prayer, okay? And you say, well, how do I pray? You know how you pray? Because there's no book. You learn how to pray by praying. Right? Yeah, Right. by doing it. You know, but I, I, I think... Um I think you hit the nail on the head, Padre, about just how things are no longer ordered. And it's all kind of disorder and chaos and confusion, right? We think about even love. It sounds so abstract and ambiguous. And what exactly does that mean, right? And and we think about it like... I think maybe on a level plane, right? We think of like, okay, just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to love you guys. I'm going to love my family. Like it's just all this kind of like really amorphous, just globular (laughs) kind of love. Right. But I love the way the medievals think about it. And for me, this has helped, helped my spirituality. So think about it as this great chain of creation, right? So at the top link on the chain is the Trinity. So you got God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit as this kind of foundational link on the chain, right? Then you have the saints and then you have all this kind of of chain of creation going down to us, to our families, right? And I think if we understand love in that way, and we understand that um, that that 
in all of our loves, we're tapping into the divine love, but it all still is tinged with imperfection, right? And no matter how much I love my family, how much I love my parents, my grandparents, all of that is holy and venerable, but because of our fallen human nature, it's tinged with imperfection, right? And so when we're called to love God and love the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we need to weed out like gold in the furnace, all those imperfections, right? So I, I think exactly as you said, Father, it's like we, we lack clarity, we lack clarity in what exactly love means, right? Well, and I think it's true. Yeah, I think that if you if you put the loves out of order, then you don't really love well. That's well, what I've noticed. Practically speaking, right. whenever I when I've you know I've fallen to you know pray to the temptation to put love of people before love of God, it seems like logically it seems like if you just love them directly, right, mm-hmm. without without uh, God first that you're, you would have more love to give to those humans. But the truth is that love very quickly distorts and twists and, mm-hmm. g- and gets caught up in conditions. And then like you find a lot of unlovable, unlovable things about those people and your love becomes very sour very quickly, right? Because you're mm-hmm. just like, Oh man, that person disappointed me. Or this mm-hmm. could be a family member. could be, a, you know, any kind of loved one. Well, when we put God first and we love, then he teaches us to love because he's the source of love, right? And so he teaches us to love purely and perfectly. So then when we go back to, after we're loving him and forming our relationship with him, like Will said, then when we go back to those same people, we're ready to love them more purely, right? Because we're given, like you said, Father, the supernatural grace to do something that's supernatural. Mm -hmm. That's more than nature. Our nature can love to a limit, but God allows us to love beyond our limits. Supernaturally. Yeah. Hmm. Imagine that. So, you know, and I think that's why so many people talk about takes three to get married, right? Mm -hmm. Because when, if your love in your marriage is just a human thing, it's very quickly going to, you know, sour. Mm -hmm. It's going to have its limits. But if you can keep God as the third person in your marriage, if you keep God kind of as the, as both of you keep God, um, as the primary uh, source of your love, mm-hmm. then loving your spouse flows from that. Exactly. Right? Much exactly. more, much right. more, uh, efficiently and effectively. Right. So again, you know, if you love God, then, and, and by the way, obedience is a big part of this because, uh, obedience is an expression of love, right? It is. Yes. It's, you mm-hmm. if yes, you love is. someone, you obey them. Okay. So if, if I'm having trouble with my enemy, loving my enemy as the Lord teaches me, well, I have this commandment from the Lord. So out of obedience to him, then I will, I will love that person because I will choose to love that person. Well, does that mean I feel the warm fuzzies? No. Does it mean I invite them to dinner? No. But it means I want what is best for them and what is the best. It's heaven. And I pray for that person. Right. Well, then would you guys say that you love me? Um, now see, um, <laughs> what do you mean by love? <laughs> Cause I was just going to say, I mean, then I would expect your obedience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's, you know, you know that, another, that's see, we got to get into the discussion about order, proper order once again. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, right. uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, okay. Know. So now another question about this gospel that I had, and I don't know if we have time to discuss it, but another question I've had about this gospel is when, when he says, lose your life, mm-hmm. what exactly is he referring to? How can you lose your life when you're still alive? means be, well, it means be, I would think this, be detached from things. Okay. 
you, you okay there's things there's people that, you know that uh we love okay and there's many things that um and, and this is just one sort of we can go in all kinds of directions with this but there are things in my life that compete with god for my attention and my affection mm-hmm. but i love these things and okay if they get in the way of my relationship with the lord they have to go like, so nerd, I have to like say, nerd, nerd trick. Yeah, so I have to... Well, but it, see, but that doesn't get in my way. That doesn't compete with God for... If there is something, or a, and oftentimes it's another person. Sure. Many people leave the church for another person because yeah. they belong to another faith. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, hmm. So, um, uh, you know, I have to say... I remember when talking to Father Carney before I was, well, when I was discerning for the priesthood, he said, if you do this, you're going to have to say goodbye to the world. So there's many things that you enjoy in the world now that you're going to have to, that's it, right? You're going to have to die to yourself. Okay. So there's, I, again, there's different ways or paths we can take with this discussion. But then what's the, mm-hmm. so then what's the, okay, having done that and just, just take your vocational story there. So having died to the world to follow this call that, you know, uh, to follow Jesus as a priest, then how is it that you found your life? Because Jesus says, if you lose your life, you will find it. If you know, for my, for my sake. Well, to so me, I, how I, have you found your life as a result my, of found letting, my, found my reason, found my purpose, found my calling, found my joy. Yeah. Okay. Find your reason and your purpose. And that's, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people wander around? They have no purpose. These people break in statues. They have no purpose. Yeah. Other than, you know, they're bent on destruction. Yeah. You find your true God-given purpose and the reason that God put you here. Okay. You find your joy and all of that. That's, mm. you know, that's how I found. And now, uh, you know, with the sacraments, I have found eternity. I found the path to eternity because I found Jesus, right? Yeah. Awesome. How well, true that is. So... Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Well, what does St. Paul say again, right? In the second reading, he says that, that we are to die to Christ being baptized into his death. And that when we have died with Christ and only then we believe we shall also live with him. So this is that newness of life, right? So this opportunity, Father Scott's talking about, about, about giving purpose, finding purpose, having something more to your life, dying to the old ways of sin. That's exactly what St. Paul was talking about and laying the foundation for, right? So that's, that's the secondary layer. But again, right, Jesus here mm-hmm. on the first practical level is also, I think, just preparing his apostles for what they're going to face. Because they will literally, all 11 of them are going to literally have to lose this life for his sake yeah. to save their own, right? Yeah. Um, and say but goodbye. then, of course, we well, tap into that with our baptism. Well, when they went out into the world to preach the gospel, they had to say goodbye to their friends or family, you know, and the things they were used to, their own beds at home and their houses. So they had to die to themselves. And by the way, you know what? Married, married people have to uh, say, okay, when they say, I do, okay, dude, you, you say uh, yes to your wife, guess what? No more going out on dates. No more really hanging out at the bar with your friends till closing time, okay? Um, now you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to die to yourself and now live for your wife. You have kids? Well, guess what? You have to die to yourself. If you're going to be a good parent, now you have to die to yourself. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Sleepless nights, okay? And, and, just so much sacrifice. So many of the things that you just love to do as a married couple, now you're going to have a kid. Now say goodbye to it all because you're going to die out of love for that child. You know? Yep. 
Absolutely. There you go. Okay, uh, I say we end this discussion. It's cigar time uh, right. outside, okay? So, uh, William, what do they have to do if they want to contact us? So you can send us an email, holysmokes.sjvnm.org. Hey, like I said earlier, if you're a new cigar smoker or want some cigar recommendations, all three of us are on there, so one of us might respond to you. <laughs> so drop Usually us me. a line. Usually me, and then Usually and Tony. then the other blokes will show up eventually. Yeah, we'll because we'll they're so busy. Give Tony a shout. They're out. so much busier than I am. <laughs> Stop it! I sit around and like wait for the emails to come in. Let's. Uh, and I, let's I, I, I like watch. I keep refreshing hey, wait, Father, my. I keep refreshing. We need to let my... out an awe for Tony. One, two, three. Oh, <laughs> um, poor I keep, Tony. There. I keep refreshing. Have we pitted you in? Enough. Anyway, so holy smokes, sjvnm.org. Drop us a line. Um, we need some reviews, people. Yep, we're we're stuck. We are stagnated at 45. So uh, give us a review on iTunes if yeah. that is your device. Pass this and, pass this podcast around. Like tell people about yeah. it. Say hey, you know what? Have you you know use it as like a conversation starter with people. Have you ever heard of the Holy Smokes Catholic holy Review podcast? Smokes. You could even just call it Holy Smokes. You know. And, well, um, no, don't do that because there's another holy well, smokes, I mean, and then it's a marijuana people, thing. Yeah, you, you have to get people there. to the right uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but you have uh, to say holy saying. smokes Catholic review. Yep, or at least holy smokes Catholic, which, by the way, is our Instagram handle holy. at holy smokes Catholic. There you follow go. us there. Cool. And a shout out: we got a message on Instagram okay. this past Friday from Veronica. Uh, oh, I know Veronica. I think Orozco. Right? Yeah, yeah. She we, we just confirmed her this week. Yeah, congratulations. A, Shout out to Veronica. Know, what a beautiful girl. She said Congratulations. So we talked last week about doing Instagram live. And a Beatle fan, by the way. An Instagram live stream. We did talk about that. Why didn't it happen? So she said, I'm down for an Instagram live. I will even skip work to watch it. Wow. wow. So well, shout out be, to Veronica. Thank you so much for watching. She, she's going to be disappointed. Maybe yeah. she just doesn't <laughs> like to work. <laughs> she, gets the, she gets the uncurated version of, <laughs> of our babble. <laughs> I would okay. skip work, too, but, for uh, a So lot we'll of have things. to schedule that. So, yeah. so during the Cigar Talk, we'll, we'll see if we can schedule that for next week or even okay. next week after the podcast. Sounds so we good. Can, All right. We can do that. So thanks, Veronica. We know at least one person listened to the podcast last week because we know for a fact none of us did so thank you so yeah much. right <laughs> no actually you know we have a lot of people i tell you I, I, just this week at mass you know hey padre i love the last podcast uh, oh good a couple people so um listen we got some friends outside waiting to smoke with us so okay head on out and we're gonna wrap this up we'll talk to cool. you next week everybody bye, bye. later looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door we have the answer our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small-batch, artisan coffee using top-tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees, available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash breadboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before.